welcome to the Warrior Families Movement, where we learn how to create lives and homes in which you and your family are all passionately engaged in using your gifts and the fight for good. I'm your host, Karen Bates, and I'm excited to journey with you as we learn to let go of the weights of distraction, perfectionism, comparison, and control so we can freely walk with courageous purpose and loving presence on our unique paths. Each episode is designed to shine light on a step you can take toward your inspired dreams and vision for lifting your family and lighting the world. The following recording was taken from the free mini course, Five Days to a Happier Family. You can find the link in the show notes. I really wanted everyone who watched this video to come away with something concrete and something they could apply to their lives, you know, starting today that would bless them and their families. And so as I was thinking about how to approach that and what that would be, I asked a lot of people just the question, what's your biggest concern about raising children in the current culture? What's your biggest worry? And I got quite a few really awesome questions and I noticed that they seem to fit under three categories, at least most of them. The first one was about motivation. How do I help my kids want to do the right thing without nagging and yelling and constantly being after them about making sure they get their things done that are right and good? And where is the line between making sure that they are doing what's right without force? So do I make them take a class they don't want to take? Do I uh, make them go to church if they don't want to go? Or do I allow for agency? Where's that line? And the second question people seem to have a lot of questions about was, how do I help my children be in a culture that maybe isn't in alignment with our family culture? How do I help them fit in? And how do I help them make friends? when sometimes they don't have the same interest and they don't seem to be talking about the same things we're talking about. And then the third category that people wanted to think more about was, am I doing it right? So there was a lot of, I'm inconsistent and I make mistakes and um, I'm, I'm not sure about this whole education thing. Am I educating them right? Am I giving them the right opportunities? And what if I'm missing something? And so just this am I enough kind of question came up a lot as well. And so I want to address those three questions as we go through this little video training and give you some principles that will help your next step or what you can do in your specific circumstances. Now, obviously, I don't know where everybody's at or your individual family dynamics and things, but I think that there are certain principles in each of these categories that can help us know how to proceed when we have these questions. So. A lot of people wanted to know about motivation, right? And how to motivate our children to do the right thing without yelling and nagging and pushing. And really, as I've thought about this and experimented with this in my own family, I really think it comes down to vision. Our children need to understand that they are in constant struggle and that the world is in a constant struggle between light and darkness. That everyone that they encounter, all of their friends and people around them are having some sort of struggle in their life in this way. And it's easy to find evidence for this all around us. We just have to start to point it out and to notice the struggles. And so maybe we want to watch some documentaries and see the suffering in other parts of the world, or we can talk about our friends and their different struggles and how we can help them. Some people like to do humanitarian trips and start to see there is suffering and I can do something. I can help relieve it in some way. And so to realize that there's a struggle is really important. And in my course, I call it this war, that we're engaged in a war and that we need to bring more light to the world if we want to overcome some of that darkness. And when 
we see the struggles around us, we have this motivation to help. It's this intrinsic thing that we have. We want to do something to help ease the suffering. So we need to be aware of it. And it may seem sometimes like, well, that's far-fetched because... We're so distracted. We live in this culture of distraction all the time. And so we see our friends constantly on Facebook with these smiles and this happy life, or we see everyone on their phones, and it doesn't feel like we're in a war. We know there's a war going on in other parts of the world, but we feel so safe. But really, we're just distracted. When we start to really see with our spiritual eyes and we start to look around, we see what's really there. And really, there is this constant war happening, and we see it in our own lives. It's easier to point it out with our teenagers because they see it with their friends often as their friends start to open up and talk. And with our little kids, we can start to show them just in their own hearts. When they get angry or someone does something frustrating to them, we can start to point out, right now you're being very tempted to be angry because Satan knows that if you are angry, then you'll be miserable. If you don't learn to forgive and you don't learn patience, then you'll be a miserable person. And so you can give in to that temptation and stay angry, or you can um, reach out um, to God and try to find a way to have him help you get rid of these feelings and forgive and and move on. so they can be made aware of these, this contrast from an early age and start realizing that there is a war all around them and that they have a part to play in it. And so that would be the second principle, I think, for motivation is for our children to understand that they have a part to play. As I was talking to my missionary daughter the other day, she was telling me about some of the struggles some of the people she's um, teaching are going through. And she just said, I just wish that everybody could understand who they are. If people could understand their divine identity, everybody's problems would be solved. Like they would really have an understanding of who they could turn to and who they are and what they're capable of. That's something we have to learn through experience and through trial and error. But if our kids start to realize that they have a part to play and that their part is important, that people will suffer if they don't play it, then they are more motivated to do the right things. One of the things that um, really stood out to me when we went on church history tour. Our church has these historic sites throughout the United States that teach you about the church history and the pioneer times and what they went through and why. And as we were going through these sites as a family this last October, I kept noticing that the family relationships were so different. There wasn't this need to bribe our ch- their children, right? They didn't say, if you milk the cow, they will give you a point and we can add up these points and at the end of the week, I'll get you a treat. They didn't do this kind of thing because the family had this common vision. They knew they needed each other. People had to milk the cows if they were going to have food on the table and people had to go out and farm the land if they wanted to raise the crops that they needed and so the family just contributed. There was this common cause and they just did it because they needed one another. And I think in our day, we need one another just as much, if not more. We need each other's support spiritually. And so our kids need to understand that. And we need to have a common family vision about that. So as we start talking about there is a war and we have a part to play in it as a family as well. And we need to support each other and help one another. And we start pointing out to our kids their unique gifts and talents as we see them, um, as they make a good choice. And we see that was motivated by something good. There's so much good in you. We have so much potential. And we start to help our children understand who they are and their divine potential and that they have a part to play. They will be a lot more motivated to make the right choices than just because they're going to get a treat or a reward at the end. And so we can point these things out starting today, just when we watch a movie. We can be like, let's look at the hero of the story. What was he motivated by? Why did he do what he did? Why did he make such a sacrifice? 
And let's look at these characters. And we just recently watched the six-hour-long Les Mis with my older kids, and we looked at the Tenardiers and what they were motivated by. And it was money, right? They wanted money. And this is what it looks like when you're motivated by wealth. And these are the kind of people you can become. And this personification of what a wealth-seeking person looks like. And let's look at those who are motivated by love and what are their actions and how do they help and what are the outcomes. And we can see that in the books we read as well and in the situations around us. Look at the people who are motivated by comfort and what did that lead them to? What did that look like? There's people who are just following this God of comfort, I guess you could call it, just this desire to be comfortable now and to not get out of that comfort zone and to just cruise through life avoiding problems as much as possible. And where does that lead? And we can point that out in gather evidence all around us and we can start to show that to our children. So that would be the second thing that we can do. First, help them see that there is a war, that they have a part to play in it and point it out and gather the evidence for that. And then the third one is that we are following something. And so sometimes it feels like, I'm just doing this because no reason, but there's always a reason we're doing something. We're all following something. So like I said, it could be comfort. It could be that we want money. It could be that we want power and we can point out what people follow and what the outcomes are. And so even if our children don't believe in God or if we're, if we don't believe in God, if we say there is a principle of love and let's look at those who follow that principle of wanting to help others and wanting to leave the world a better place than they found it. Those are the people that make this world better and that enjoy happy lives and that enjoy those positive outcomes because they're following those things which are the true principles. Those are the things that will make this world better. They're looking outside themselves. And so in our family, we want to follow Christ. And so that's what we talk about. Like, how are we following Christ right now? Because he's the personification of love. So are we following him or are we following our own comfort, our own desires, our own whatever it may be? And so we can start pointing that out when we're making choices. What are we trying to follow? And is this the right leader? And so... And once we know that there's a war, once we know we have a part to play in it, we have to choose our leader. And so that would be the third thing to do. Choose our leader and then just do our best to follow him. One of the stories I like to point out to my kids and to others when we talk about this is the story of the rich young ruler. He went to Christ and he asked a really important question that we should all ask. He went to him and he said, what lack I yet? And Christ told him about the commandments and he said, yes, I've been doing those since my youth. And I think a lot of us feel that way. I'm not really breaking any commandments. I'm doing fine. But a lot of us don't ask the second question. What else can I do? But he did. He wanted to know what he lacked. And then I love that Christ gave him a personal commandment. He started guiding him personally. And that's what he'll do for us. Once we want to ask him to be our personal leader, to guide us to our personal path, he'll start giving us personal commandments. He wasn't saying everybody should sell all that they had, but he knew that this young man, that's what he was holding on to, was his stuff. And that's what he needed to give up. And so he said to him, sell what you have and come follow me. And he couldn't give it up. That wasn't something that he was willing to do, at least not at that time. We don't know later on in the scriptures if he decided to, but he was willing to ask. And that is the fourth principle that I think we need to make sure that our children are are aware of. And that is that when we choose a leader and we decide we want to follow him, there is a sacrifice involved. We need to be willing to give something up for that cause. And we can see that in everything we read again or movies we watch or in the lives around us. Again, there's that evidence. We can say, again, back to the Lord of the Rings reference, what did Frodo give up in order to go on his quest? What was he willing to give? And he gave up his comfortable home in the Shire and just a lot of things that he wanted to hold on to, but he was willing to give them up because he had this greater cause, this love for his friends and for the people around him, and he was willing to do his part.
And so we can see that a lot in the Marvel movies. I love the latest Spider-Man because it really points out like this desire to be like everybody else. And Spider-Man, that's what he wanted at the beginning of the movie. He just wants to be a normal teenager like everybody else. And he tries to just fit into this mold and to do normal teenager things. And I think a lot of times that's what our youth hope for. And they're like, I don't want to do this extra mile. I just want to be normal. But in the end, he realized that people would suffer if he didn't take up and do his part. And our kids need to understand that, too, that if they're wanting to just be normal, that there is going to be people who suffer because they're not choosing to do their part. And that the world would be a better place, a much better place, if they just use their unique gifts and talents that nobody else has to fill that need that is there. And so that is the fourth thing that we need to make sure they understand after having a vision that there's a war, two, that they have a part to play in it, three, that they need to choose a leader and decide to be obedient to him, to follow that leader, and fourth, that there will be a sacrifice involved and that they need to be asking, what lack I yet? And be willing to give that up so that they can make a difference in the world because that is a necessary step to following your leader, to knowing your path, to finding your creative work, and to making a difference in this world is being willing to sacrifice. So once our kids understand those four steps and that they can start to develop a personal relationship to God and or to their leader, that is where the real education comes in. And that's what I found that is the most important thing that I can teach my children is to develop that relationship and to start to ask those important questions. Um, in the course... <laughs> I encourage everybody to start a morning connection ritual. And so that's the first of um, four connection rituals that we start to try to establish in our lives to help us stay connected to our leader who gives us the energy and the comfort and the ability to do the things that we need to do. And so the first of those connection rituals is a personal morning devotional. And I encourage you guys to start trying that, to start if you're not already doing it with a prayer and reading some words of truth and then asking God, what would you have me study or learn about today? Because he knows our talents, he knows our gifts. We're often not aware of them, but he'll lead us little by little to what they may be. And so we'll start to have desires about learning about different things or studying different things and helping people. So that's the second question after. What would you have me study or learn about today? Who would you have me help? And as we start to see the ways that we are able to help, we start to also hone in into our talents and our unique ways of helping others and some of the gifts that we've been blessed with. So if we can remember to ask those two questions daily, we'll be guided step by step to our potential, our worth, our abilities, our gifts and talents. I went to this presentation the other day, which was great and it had some really good points. But one of the things that I really disagreed with, and I've seen this in several different presentations, is he said, we decide our values and then we make a list of all of the things that we want to do that are in alignment with our values. And then we don't take anything off our list and we just live life with this list of the goals that we have and the visions that we want to create for our lives. And I just thought, man, that's a terrible way to live because you're gaining inspiration once. You're like, okay, I'm going to connect this once and I'm going to get this list. And then I just got to focus on living that list. But it's completely missing out the joy of working one-on-one -on -one with God each day and really saying, okay, today, what is my mission? What is my marching orders for today? 
And then little by little, he opens our view and he starts to give us a little more and a little more. And as we think of this as a journey, following our leader, as we go around a corner that we maybe didn't see before and we, we turn that corner and suddenly a new view is opened up to us and we see more and we have more inspiration about our, what our next step is. So I really discourage you just thinking, I'm going to just write a list right now and I'm going to focus on that list, put it up on my vision board and that's my life work from now on because I really think that we're missing out on that individual guidance and relationship building with God that is so important and that really makes life exciting. I love getting up in the morning. What I do is I'll start out writing a letter to God because that helps me stay focused. I'm very distracted. And so I start just um, with gratitude. I'm so grateful for this morning. I love the stars or the sunset and I'm grateful for this and that. And then I've been thinking about this and I need some guidance on this. and I'm not sure where to go with this. And then I open up my scriptures and I look for answers to those questions. It's like he's writing me back and I find things. I find principles and things that will guide me and I know my next step. And so it's a really cool way to just develop this relationship with the spirit and knowing how he talks to me and knowing the principles that I need to apply to my life right now. And then I ask those questions. So today, what are my marching orders? What do I need to study and learn about? Who do I need to help? And I start to write those down. And so every day, little by little, I learn more and more what I need to do. So I, that's the first connection ritual that that we go into and that I just think is so powerful. And if we can teach our kids to do that, it's really how I homeschool, to be honest. I start to, I, I write a list for my kids and I ask them to ask God their list and we come together and we say, what is it, what do you think God would have you do today? And we will do it weekly as well, but I have them write their personal one each day and they can start to develop that relationship themselves. I just think that's a powerful way to start to see and to develop that ability to receive personal revelation. So that would be the first way that we can really motivate our kids is for them to start to understand the big picture and that they have a part to play in that and to have a common family vision that you're striving to live and a vision for yourself. And then the second question has to do with that as well. So people were asking, how do I help my children fit in into this culture when our family culture is different or when they have different values? And I think if they start to see the people around them as fellow comrades in this war and other people who have unique gifts and talents to offer, but maybe they don't know what they are or they don't even understand that there's a war or maybe they're distracted. And so if we can start to see that, then we can um, relate to everybody. There's common ground with all of us. We all struggle. We all have um, this ability to find and seek truth and live it. So when my oldest was starting first grade, she was really struggling with making friends and she didn't want to go to school and I wasn't sure how to help her and so we would say a prayer together before she went and that was the thing that I just felt she needed to focus on and I would just pray help her find people who are lonely and others who need a smile and help her be able to look for ways to help others who are also sad and I think that kind of prayer was a lot more effective and I was really grateful for their inspiration to pray that way of asking you please help her find a friend and help her not be lonely because then she could get outside of herself and really look for ways to connect with others who are also struggling. So I think if we can have this big picture, that'll really help our kids start to find common ground with anyone around them. And then the last question that people seem to ask a lot and that people seem to be concerned about was, am I enough? Am I doing enough? Am I doing it right? And so it's just so important that we are involved in this process of asking daily and learning to connect to God daily and learning to help connect our children daily. There's this four-step process that I try to remember when my children are misbehaving, and I'm going to share that with you right now because I think it's powerful. When I remember to do it, I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but it is that when I see one of my children struggling, they're not doing the right thing or they're being disobedient or whatever it may be. Step number one is to connect myself to God, make sure my heart is in the right place. 
And then step number two is to connect myself to them. And so to let them know I love them, to see where they're coming from, what's bothering them, why are they acting this way, what's going on inside. And if I have a connection to God and I have a connection to them, then I am in effect connecting them to God. And if I can do that, if I can remember to do that more consistently, then we can together come up with answers and solutions to their problems and so, or the things they're struggling with. And so often it happens, this is really bothering me. And we can talk about like, when you want to do that, what lead are you following? Are you following who you want to follow? Or maybe there's something we need to sacrifice here and we can come up with solutions together that will help them overcome those struggles, look outside themselves and see a happier and a more joyful way to live and choices to make. And so I think if we can just remember those steps and then the fourth step is to practice, practice because this process takes time and it takes time to learn to develop it. And so through the Warrior Journey course, we learn about how to connect to God and we go through four connection rituals over the first month that we start to practice that keep us connected. And then we start to go into each area of our life and see how we can fortify that area so that um, we are better soldiers, that we're stronger. And so the first area we go into is our time. And how do we take away things that maybe are distracting us from using our time more wisely? And how do we put the things in our life that will give us what we really want. My mom gave me this uh, analogy the other day. She said, so many people, and she heard it somewhere, are just walking around picking papers up off the floor when what they really need to do is just close the window. And that's what I try to do in this course. It's not giving you another thing to do, but it's a, a way to close the window that's bringing in all the air that's scattering the papers to get to the source so that we have the time and ability to really live, to really live with purpose and stop just extinguishing the problems, but to get deep down and really connect to God, really know what our purpose is and start to live it and so the first one is our time and the second one we go into our mind and I call that fortification our shield because our mind determines what we let in and what we can keep out and we can start to strengthen those thought currents that often our mind will take us to we'll think a thought it'll go through our mind like a river and then it'll develop into an action but if we can shield our mind and we can start developing different rivers of thought that take us to different actions then we can start to break some really bad habits and start to develop some good ones. And the course is really all about habits. I believe that instead of having a task list, I want to have habits. I want to develop habits of character that take me to that place that I want to get to and that person I want to be. And really, ed- education is all about establishing those habits that get us there. And so we, we d- will develop a habit of our mind and then we'll go into um, our body, the weapon of our spirit. So I call that fortification, honing our weapon. And we start to think of a health habit that we want to start developing and living. And we attach it to one of our connection rituals and we talk about how that's going. We have a group page where we share our goals with one another and how we're able to keep them, what strengthens us, what holds us back and what we learn from our mistakes and we try to encourage one another through each of these fortification areas. So as we fortify one area, it lifts all the others and we become stronger people. And as we cycle back through again each area, we'll find that it becomes a lot easier to live that habit we're trying to establish because we're stronger. Our character has been built and we can do things better. The next one after our body is, is our environment. How what, are, what is in our environment that is holding us back? How can we put things in our environment that up, uplift us? And we make one little goal for our environment and we focus on that. What do we want to send out to the world? What is the creative work that that we feel called to? And we start to make little goals in that. And maybe it's getting up a little extra early to write or whatever it is. Everyone has their own individual goals. I don't tell you what yours need to be. But we go through this cycle and we go through this course in this way that helps us know that we're strengthening each area of our lives 
and that will help us strengthen our whole family. As we're strengthened, our whole family is lifted and our family becomes stronger. And so then we can know we can be at peace and that's brought me so much peace and it's really brought me so much health. Just knowing that I'm just practicing and I can focus on a little at a time and I can come back to it later and it'll still be there for me to work on. And this life is all about just practicing, focusing on something and practicing it for a while, establishing little habits, trying again when I fail and learning from my mistakes. And that's what I hope to do through these courses and what I hope to help you to be able to start seeing and doing and cycling through and strengthening little areas of your life so that all of them are strengthened as you focus on each one. It's not because I don't think you're doing enough already. I think we really are giving it our best. But I think we can find more peace as we start to really dig deep and get into our motivations and to figure out what is it that we want to become and how do we fortify our life so that we can get there. And we we, ha- we try to reach that goal by fortifying the different areas of our life. And we each pick our own and we work towards it together. So I hope you'll come join us. It's, it's a really peaceful way to live. I think you'll find that you'll really like it. I'm really excited about it and how it's going in my life. And I hope you've liked this message. I hope you've learned some things today that will bless your life and that will help you have a stronger family. So, and tell others about it. If you find anybody else that you think could use some of this information, please share it with them. Help me spread the word. Marketing is not something I enjoy doing. I don't like selling things, but I do love teaching and I do love sharing this message. So if you could help me share it, that would be awesome. I would really appreciate it. And I hope you'll give it a try and at least apply some of the things you learned today and see how they work for you. I know you'll do some great things. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Will you please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends so that we can grow this warrior family movement and encourage one another in using our unique gifts in the fight for good. And if you'd like to know more about the Warrior Journey program, the events, the school, or any other resources, please visit awarriereducation.com. And I'll see you there.